Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, November 22nd. We begin with our continuing series on shortages in Canada's supply chain. This time out, we focus on fresh, perishable food and the impact not only the pandemic has had on getting goods delivered, but also the recent flooding in B.C. We get the latest from Erica Alini, online journalist with Global News. Could your morning tea or coffee have significant health benefits? Well, we speak with Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician, for some details on a new study that points to a lower risk of stroke or dementia possible for those who consume the hot beverages and why that research may not tell the whole story. It's getting down to the wire for those men who've sculpted mustaches to raise funds and awareness in support of Movember. We chat with our handlebar mustache producer, Reese Schaefer, about our fondness for facial hair as we look at some of the most iconic and celebrated mustaches in pop culture. And finally, he does not have a degree in psychology, but he's certainly well-seasoned in his profession. This time out, our Motivational Monday guest is iconic Canadian comedian, actor, and author Ron James. Ron shares his philosophy on the importance of chasing your dreams and not allowing yourself to be categorized by those you meet along your journey. Historic supply chain snags touch every industry, but shipping delays for perishable food items are especially problematic. Global News reporter Erica Alini has more on the latest story in the short supply series, this time out examining supply chain disruptions and, and again when it comes to the fresh stuff. Good morning to you, Erica. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And I think, we, you know, to a certain extent, we've been kind of laser focused on these items we want to have under the tree for Christmas. But serious business when you talk about the effect on fresh food, isn't it? Uh, yes. So, um, you know, up to now, in food inflation has been a little bit lower than the headline inflation. But the thing is, we're coming off the growing season here in Canada and some parts of the U.S. So food could get more expensive before things get better. And we're definitely seeing, you know, with what happened in B.C., just adding to the issue. So what is the impact on Canadian households and ultimately all of our budgets? Yeah, so definitely B.C. sort of adds a wrench into supply chains that were already uh, strained. Um, So in terms of B.C., uh, what I've heard is that the impact in terms of food could be more in terms of um, shortages, spot shortages, probably not, you know, empty shelves um, outside of uh, B.C. and mostly felt in Western Canada and felt sort of less and less the further away um, you go from uh, from B.C. Uh, but the other issue is, um, you know, as, as, as is often, the, you know, always the case, when the growing season ends here, we start to import a lot more of our uh, fresh produce from further afield. And because of the supply chain issues, uh, we're, we're facing a situation where um, things are getting, uh, taking much longer to get here. And they are, you know, the, these are perishable um, goods. And so I was talking to a wholesale importer of produce and he was telling me, you know, I import blueberries from Peru at this time of the year. It usually takes 10 to 12 days for a container of blueberries to get here, um, meaning here in Toronto. Now he's looking at 20 to 25 days. By the time the blueberries get here, a lot of them, you know, are no good. I can imagine. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, when we talk about these foods, are all food products being hit or are some products hit harder than others during this uh, supply chain crisis? 
Uh, definitely is going to be some products more than uh, more than others. Uh, the supply chain issues, um, it's not always the same. It really depends on where that's coming in. You know, certain suppliers are affected more than others. It can be very unpredictable even for retailers what's going to come in and what's not going to come in and, and what's going to go up uh, in price. And generally speaking at this time of the year, like during the winter, it's not uncommon to see um, out of the price of out-of-season uh, vegetables, for example, to go up by 10%. But what we're talking about here is like, you know, much higher than that. Potentially, we've been hearing, you know, buying fresh or buying frozen is a good substitute for buying fresh. But I mean, money wise, is there a difference? And are we even able to get frozen foods distributed to us with supply chain issues anyway? Um, yeah, I, I haven't looked specifically into supply chain issues for uh, frozen fruit, but I would say frozen fruits and vegetables. But I would say um, that was, yeah, that's going to be. Um, uh, one of my go-to uh, mm-hmm. for sure is frozen frozen uh, produce. It usually has you know the same um, all of the nutrients that you get with the with the fresh stuff often because it's flash frozen. And yes, you know the the frozen um, uh, supply chain is complicated, but you still have a little bit more wiggle room than when you're transporting fresh produce. Obviously, this time out, Erica, focusing on the, the fresh food and uh, the issues getting it to people's tables. What will be hit next by the supply chain issues? Can can we look down the pipe and see something that is coming that we might have issues getting? I'm not. I'm not sure. And I keep talking to um, you know the pros, supply chain managers, mm-hmm. uh, wholesalers, and they all tell me they don't know one week from the next oh. what's not going to come in. And this was true from, you know, people handling fresh produce. It was true from uh, toy retailers. They were like, I have no idea with this particular toy is not coming in. It, it's very, it's very unpredictable. An ongoing problem, one that's not going to be solved anytime quickly. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Erica. Thank you. Erica Alini is an online journalist with Global News. Got a text in here from Mo. It said, I was at Costco yesterday, no romaine, no spinach, berries, Brussels sprouts, bagged salads, etc. Fresh food cooler was almost bare. That's crazy because we're seeing the pictures in BC. There's obviously shortages there because, you know, just everything ran out and people can't, you can't get in or out of that province particularly well at this point. So we've seen lots of photos where people were hoarding no fresh fruit. But here in Alberta, it's crazy. We're seeing that. And I heard the same, Mo. I heard... Toilet paper and peanut butter are two of the big things that everybody is going crazy and buying and hoarding again, just like we did at the very beginning of the pandemic, and now because of supply chain issues or concerns. It's it's crazy, and I was at a Tim Hortons drive-thru yesterday, and it was one of those uh, printed-off signs somebody did on their computer in the store, and it said, our sandwiches... Uh, that have uh, lettuce and tomato, just to let you know, we can still make them for you, but we do not have lettuce and tomato huh. at this point due to the shortages uh, with what has happened in British Columbia. So, you know, we're, we're literally, we talk, we've talked about it quite uh, some uh, you know, uh, an amount of time. Mm-hmm. Now we're literally seeing it at the Costco, at the Timmy's drive-thru. So, you know, let us know your experience. Are there those staples that you like to get that you just have not been able to get your hands on due to this? Uh, you can let us know on the text line 403-974-8255 or have you, I'm going to use the term, we haven't used it in a while, pivoted and moved to the frozen or the canned vegetables. And I know that when we've talked to home economists and nutritionists, 
Time and time again, they're saying, you know, don't write these things off, particularly the frozen, because yes. they've been flash froze. And a lot of the canned goods are canned basically the day that they're picked. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, absolutely. Which is quicker than the, the fresh stuff gets to us. That's for sure. Blueberries right? can go bad in my fridge, and it seems like in two or three days. It's true. You can imagine a 25-day commute. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. frozen food has always been a great, especially fruit, is yeah. a great fallback for sure if you can't get the fresh stuff. I mean, we that's what normally we would do out of season anyway. So maybe doing a little bit more. But I, I suspect, you know, a little bit of shortage here and there until they can get things going. We're hearing train traffic will get going again. Which is crazy. Hopefully by midweek. We'll see if it happens because that's a lot of very quick repair work being done. But they want to get the trains flowing again to get shipments moving across our country again. And there you have it. And it's interesting because I've seen on social media more and more people either asking on group chats or just throwing it out there saying, hey, where can I look at getting beef from a producer? Mm -hmm. Where can I, I mean, for cost I'm talking about. So, and I think that, that, you know, that is different than supply chain. That's price and that's inflation. But I think it, over the past year, even, we've talked about prices moving up, but people are starting to take matters into their own hands. Yeah. People are looking for alternatives. Yeah. Because it's getting very expensive to eat any kind of good, healthy food now. So yeah, yeah alternatives are out there. Will there be some little slowdowns and some blips for sure? But we're being assured that we will still have access to all the fresh food, all of the food, all of the essentials that we need. This is Canada. It's not. We're not going to starve. In other words, perhaps not hoard. Yeah, there's a good okay. idea too. Uh, Chris J says uh, shopping yesterday, nothing out of stock. Oh. So he was doing all right. Depends where you are, I guess, because I've seen it across the Costco area stores. There are a lot of them that are running out of supplies because people are going and buying big amounts. The age-old question is rearing its head again. Are coffee and tea actually good for you? Joining us now is our on-call family physician, Dr. Ted Jablonski, to talk about a new study. Good morning to you, Dr. J. Good morning. Thanks for being with us, especially, you know, a topic like this early in the morning, very important. It's a study <laughs> that found that drinking coffee and tea, both of them, associated with a reduced risk of dementia or stroke. So that's good news, right? Or is there more to it? Well, it's good news if you believe it. So basically, this was a really large study. They looked at a half a million people, and out of that, they chose 360,000 to follow. They followed them for five years. This was in the U.K., 50 to 75 years old, and then they watched who got dementia, who got a stroke. So 5,000 people got dementia, 10,000 people had a stroke. So these are large numbers, and then they started to mine that data. Were the like who was a coffee drinker, a tea drinker, who did both, who did neither, who did lots, and then they sort of looked at did it have any connection whatsoever with this. And with that, they found that people who drank two to three cups of coffee or three to five cups of tea or a combination of both, four to six cups, did the best by far compared to every other group. Wow, you said four to six for a second. I thought you said 46 cups and you're talking to me. Okay, so, so four to six in combination. But you know, the whole point is you had the quantity, but it doesn't matter what type of coffee or what type of tea, maybe like the green tea or the, the black tea, it doesn't really matter? Well, I guess in UK, uh, you'd have to look at what the most favorite tea types would be. Mm, but yeah. yes, this was uh, in this kind of study, you just look at just coffee, just tea, and they couldn't subset it any more than that. But it is interesting that it wasn't linear, meaning the more you drank, there was a sweet spot here. Like if you drank too much, you didn't seem to get the benefit. Mm. Or if you didn't drink at all, you didn't get the benefit. So, which always makes us wonder, how good is this data? Are we looking at truly coffee and tea or are we looking at people who generally drink 
four to six cups of coffee and tea are more social or more active or more, are we looking at a lifestyle that's really more protective for dementia and stroke? You kind of answered my question. I was going to say, I, I, I sense a little bit of skepticism in your yeah. voice in terms of talking about this study. Well, these are these are not the best studies when you just look backwards in time and look at large, large groups of people and then try to make conclusions um, about that data. You never really know is it's just an association, a false association, or is this real? Um, but there are, I would say, <laughs> looking at all the data, uh, coffee and tea generally have somewhat more of a positive spin for a lot of different diagnoses. So the the, the caffeine, the polyphenols, flavonoids, antioxidants. Uh, oxy, uh, sorry, antioxidants. Wow, uh, I need my uh, cup of coffee this morning. Um, <laughs> these are all potentially protective, and we know this. And this may have some potential benefit for a lot of different things, but always in moderation. So the heavy, heavy coffee drinkers might not get it, and perhaps not having it all, you might lose a little bit of benefit. So who knows? <laughs> Moving into the future, and, and I guess when we talk about coffee, because I talk to my teens about this, when they like to go to the you know, Tim Hortons or the, the Starbucks, whatever have you, and they're getting the latte with this cream and that whipped cream and the yes. sugar added, mm. you got to. We're talking pure coffee here, right? It's the coffee is the benefit. Everything else is questionable. Yeah, right? yeah. And if somebody is struggling with uh, with their cholesterol numbers or with diabetes and black coffee, black tea, like any additional thing would not be beneficial to them mm-hmm. specifically. So it seems to be, yes, the actual ingredients of how you brew a coffee or tea that seems to give it that potential benefit. Well, this is all better than you just saying overall it's bad for us. So we'll take it uh, in <laughs> moderation, obviously, and done properly. Thank you, Dr. J. Always appreciate chatting with you. Absolutely. Do- Dr. Ted Jablonski is our on-call family physician. It is Mustache Monday as we continue to talk about Movember and all that is involved with it. And Andrew Schultz and Reese Schaefer, our morning show producer, have been cultivating some fine handlebar mustaches for the month of Movember to help bring awareness. So we're checking in and talking about some of the best and worst mustaches ever, as well as the whole Movember purpose and everything that's behind it. Good morning to you, Reese. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Let's do a little uh, background check and reminder about why. Why Movember is so important to you. You are a survivor. I am, yeah. In 2020, I know it's been a it was a hard year on everyone, and it brought me testicular cancer. So that was an extra challenge for that year. But luckily, things are going well, and they they took out the problem nut, and I am on the mend. So it's good. <laughs> That's excellent. That can be a bad nut in a bunch. Yeah, uh, there's but, always. Uh, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, because I've done this probably for 12 years, maybe 13 on again, off again, I, I take part just mm-hmm. because sometimes it gets itchy. And But I love to, to support, and you're on board here. And we thought, well, you know, what a great opportunity because we have somebody in-house who has been through it. How much did you know about Movember before, you know, your situation? And did you take part in the past? I think I took part, but more as just like a laugh. You know, I didn't really fully appreciate the whole impact that Movember really has mm-hmm. until, you know, it impacted me directly. And I'll go, you know what, this is more than just a time to grow a nice fuzzy mustache. It's also a time to really sit back and talk about the issues that affect men across this country. I think it's important, Andy and I were touching on this earlier, um, that, you know, it's not just about the prostate cancer mm-hmm. or the testicular cancer, that now with mental health wrapped into it, how crucial that is 
in terms of really all in any cancer, because it's something you need to talk about. You need to work through, right? Especially, I would imagine, you know, when you suffered through it. Absolutely. I mean, talking is the one thing that really helps when you bottle everything up. It only makes things worse. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel that as men, sometimes we suffer in silence too often. And, you know, I was looking at a little statistics here and a quarter of all suicides in Canada are men. And we, you know, maybe we don't seek the help that we need in time. And I think that's something that really needs to change. And yeah. Agree. Well, you know, the mustache in Movember, I like what they've done in the sense that, well, it's a little different in the past couple of years because we have masks. It's interesting mm-hmm. for me because I can walk anywhere and you don't understand the ugliness. I mean, the mustache <laughs> that's on my face, uh, but very visual. And I think that because not everybody, a mustache in 2021 and actually for the past 30 years or so is out of the ordinary. But back in the 70s and 80s and beyond, oh. and even today, there are those iconic mustaches. But I think because it's, you know, something different, we notice it. But we all have our favorites, and we have legendary mustaches that are a thumbs up and some that should have never happened. So you've kind of delved into it for us. I have a bit, and a bit shout-out to my father, who always had a nice, very nice, really oh, grew mustache excellent. in the 70s. And as you are saying, that was the era, you know, for the Tom Selleck's, like yes. you mentioned, the Frank Zappa's, mm-hmm. fantastic mustaches. And, you know, modernly, you know, we have Nick Offerman. He rocks a great mustache. Ooh, good point. You know? I never Nick thought Offerman. of Nick Offerman. Is that, what is Parks he? and Comedian. Recreation. Yeah, oh, seen him right. I know who you mean So now. funny. Yep. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy, he's had a mustache for years, and nobody Ooh. even notices that he has a mustache because it looks great on him. Yeah. You know, and think that's the secret with a mustache. When it looks good, you don't even notice you have a mustache. It blends in beautifully. Like if I grew a mustache for November, we'd there'd be a problem. People yeah. would notice it right away. It would away. be notable. Yeah, yeah. I really, really <laughs> But your support would be very appreciated. I am I am in yeah. support right now. Exactly. In my lower leg area. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so yeah, Tom Selleck, Frank Zappa, Nick Offerman, Eddie Murphy, and Sam Elliott, as you think I've mentioned. We've had a million yeah, people say exactly. Sam Elliott has like the ultimate. He, he does. I, I couldn't even imagine what he would look like without a mustache. Mm-hmm. And then you have Salvador Dali. There's a crazy mustache. You know, that takes some real cultivating. I love that mustache. And Hulk Hogan. I think that's what Andy's going for. I I didn't realize until we mentioned it, uh, but, you know, I wanted the most outrageous. Can I I put one in here? I think Brian has a clip as well. Because it doesn't have to even be a real-life person, per se. Mm. It can cross over to animation. And if you're up to, uh, to snuff when it comes to your Toy Story viewing... How about Duke Kaboom? I'm not sure if Duke we have that Kaboom, hand. Oh, there. Canada's greatest stuntman. Huh. Oh, yeah. Huh. Huh. Hey, yeah, that's right? Keanu Reeves. Classic. I don't even know who Duke Kaboom was. I haven't, I'm not up to date on all my toy stories. Well, you need to watch. Now, yeah. You know, speaking of Canadians, we've got a couple of good Canadian hockey players, too, that we uh, could mention. Their prolific stashes. One of them, Lanny McDonald. Mm-hmm. When I Huge. found out that Ardell likes things that tickle her nose, I got her fur coat from Benzing Furs. <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie Shack, too, a classic. <laughs> Incredible stuff. That's great. Who shouldn't have a mustache, do you think? I got three that really jumped out to okay. me. First and foremost, Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, that was a bad a, yeah. one. If you saw those Hanes commercials that he was doing a few years Creepy. ago. Yeah, it, it did not suit his face. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Justin Bieber, bad mustache. Yeah, yeah. you know, Dave McIver's talked about how he has a hard time growing facial hair. Yeah. Kind of along the same lines as More the of a crustache when yeah. Beebs does. Yeah. And then you have John Travolta. I don't know if you've seen John Travolta with a mustache, but he goes for the Hulk Hogan, but it like comes down to a point. 
is a very creepy, villainy kind of looking John Travolta. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. It's super dark. And I, you know that I'm not sure whether or not he has hair, but it wouldn't he be doesn't. that dark in real life. Yeah. He doesn't have any hair. He's bald. Anymore. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. But I think he always has been. And so the wig, but I mean, you think that his mustache would have some granite. Nope. You know, it's a very timely Definitely. one that uh, somebody texted in about. Crazy, iconic now mustaches. And I, I, why he's an icon, I don't know, but he is. Because it's part two on Netflix, mm. Tiger King. The Tiger King. Uh, yeah. And by the way, just a quick review. We don't have Brett McGarry in here uh, today. That uh, you have you, you've seen season two. Oh yeah, I, we went right into season two. We watched the whole thing <laughs> in a night. Uh, we just got hooked immediately. Like crazy Carol Baskin trying to figure out what happened to her husband. Is this guy alive? I don't know. But if there's a season three, I'm going to watch it too. <laughs> uh, before we leave, Brian, I think we've got a little Ron Burgundy. Speaking of mustaches, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. He's an actor and author and one of the funniest comedians in Canada. You know him from many TV appearances and comedy festivals, but he may not be a name you think of when you're looking for a little motivation. Comedian Ron James is our guest this time out on Motivational Monday. And, well, I didn't dig deep enough in my research. I do not believe he has a degree in psychology or life coaching. Uh, Good morning to you, Ron. (laughs) How are you doing? Nice to talk to you again. It's been years. Well, you say again, and he's pretending like he remembers, but <laughs> I reached out to you because I remember this like it was yesterday, about 25 years ago. I was working in the late 90s at a television station called RDTV in Red Deer. It's now been defunct for about uh, 11 years or so. I had the chance to interview you. You were in town for a show, and we had a great interview. I very much enjoyed it. I'm a huge fan of comedy. But it wasn't, you know, that interview so much as afterward. You had some spare time, and we started talking, and you asked, you had interest in me. I was about 23 years old and said, you know, what do you do? And I was not complaining, but I said to you I was at a crossroads. I wasn't too sure where I wanted to go. Do I want to be a weather anchor, a a TV host, or a reporter? I didn't know. And you stopped me in my tracks, and you said, why do you have to choose? You don't have to fit into a category. You can make these choices yourself. So is is that something that you remember thinking back then? Is that something that sticks with you, not being in a box? Absolutely. I, I was an actor for 17 years. I went to Los Angeles for three, um, and that is a carnivore's arena of competition. Uh, I came back home uh, after three years there and shifted the paradigm and stepped clear of waiting for somebody else to validate my life and took charge of it myself and became a stand-up comedian. I wrote a one-man show called Up and Down in Shaky Town, which premiered in the Comedy Festival. And uh, lo and behold, um, by following my bliss and stringing my trap line, if you'll pardon the metaphor, around the frozen lip of Lake Superior, one January I was drop-kicked in the solar plexus by the glory of the geography. I felt like I'd been traveling through a group of seven painting. And uh, I said, this is exactly where I belong. This is where I want to be traveling the country. And I believed wholeheartedly that a legitimate stand-up career could be created in Canada. And um, because um, everybody else who had professions seemed to be able to do that, so why couldn't comedians? Everybody had their nose pointed south of the border, hoping to... uh, gain the favor of Lady Liberty, but I wanted to make it work here. And uh, here we are 23 years later talking, and uh, I did. And it's because I listened to that Joseph Campbell adage to follow your bliss and stepped across the threshold to a wider world of adventure. And when people began sharing me the stories of their lives, began to share the stories of their lives with me in my tours, I thought there's something else going on here. So I began keeping notes in my um, 
journals, my moleskins, which I did diligently in the early days before we were all face first in Instagram sharing innocuous photos of the Caesar salad we had for lunch. And uh, I, uh, that became my book, All Over the Map, which uh, rambles and ruminations from the Canadian road, which is a bestseller now. And um, there's a lot of things I say about Alberta, too, because it was so instrumental for me. As I used to say, you know, um, every time a car blew up in Baghdad in 2003, uh, every Albertan had two new trucks in the driveway. Hmm. So I love that. We'll use that as your first tip then. Don't let people put you in a box. Follow your bliss. I know Andy has told me in that same conversation that he had with you, Ron, all those years ago, that you also said to him, you will meet thousands of people in your life. Many of them will appear to have all the answers. Many will tell you that they have everything figured out. And boy, don't we see that on social media. It seems like everybody's uh-huh. life is perfect. But you told yeah. him the thing was, nobody has all the answers. Nobody has it all figured out, despite that little facade they put out in front of them. So is that something that you've also lived by all these years? There was a famous agent, Jack Nicholson's agent, in, um, in Los Angeles had a big, thick book on his front desk. And the title was Everything You Need to Know to Be Successful in Show Business. And when you opened it up, it was um, uh, illegible hand-scratching on every single page. <laughs> and that resonated with me. His name was Sandy Bressler. And I've also, through the years, you know, I mean, in comedy, I started in Second City in Toronto, and there was always some backstage Sven Galley who had all the answers as to how it should be done. In stand-up, you always meet people who say how it should be done. And yes, you have to watch your peers. You have to learn from those who are knowledgeable. Uh, and you have to hopefully be mentored by wise people. Uh, and I think that's lacking these days is enlightened mentorship. Uh, I had the good fortune to have uh, a a couple of friends who were my senior and um, some older people who I knew growing up as a kid in the Maritimes that uh, I took uh, hard and fast lessons from. But all these people who say this is the way it's supposed to be and this is the way it should be, uh, it's you have to um, you have to gauge everything with a a somewhat jaundiced eye. And that comment that I mentioned to Andy was pretty specific to show business. Uh, However, um, it's become so convoluted, the message, so polarized and so fractured uh, the last 20 years that one has to use caution and uh, a judicious amount of, uh, well, no, more than a judicious, uh, a certain amount of suspicion uh, as to um, what what people are saying uh, is the way to go in the gospel truth. You Does know, that make sense? It makes yeah, complete yeah, sense. Really. And, uh, you know, uh, 25 years later, it's still applicable. Mm-hmm. Listen, we could talk to you for a full hour, but we're out of time now. Where can we get your book? Because I said one of the funniest comedians, but one of the greatest storytellers in Canada. We want to be reading all over the map for the holiday season. Where do we get it? Uh, you can, uh, as always, with everything uh, from uh, a hairbrush to a spaceship, you can order it on Amazon. <laughs> uh, I prefer you uh, endorse independent bookstores, though. 
Oh, it's also available on Audible, too. If you want to hear a, a rollicking maritime accent that, <laughs> that does take his liberties with tangents, please feel free to order it on Audible if you do a lot of driving. <laughs> or if you're like me at the age of 64, you start reading at night after dinner, and before you know it, by page five, you're asleep and drooling on a page. <laughs> so you can <laughs> so you can listen to it with, as well. But uh, all major bookstores across the country are carrying it. The one and only Ron James, actor, author, and a comedian extraordinaire. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to really talk about some of the issues that are affecting us. Thank you. All the best, folks. Truly a wordsmith, isn't he? Oh, my gosh. You just hear him talk in, in the language. You could just listen to him forever. The references, and, 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 and I mean, it's it, super Canadian-specific, mm-hmm. too. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.